0: And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Friday. Casey Disclare here with Coach Brian Colley. I only know the day of the week today because we were listening to the Friday song that Buddy Miller plays at the end of Talk on the volume. We've got a fun show coming your way, our usual Friday stuff. We've got Chan Guitros coming on in the next segment at 11.45. Then we've got... What? <laughs> Then we've got uh, Damian coming on at 12.15. My producer's trying to distract me. i shame on him. We got Damian coming on at 12.15 uh, to talk about a middle school split yesterday. Golden Meadow split a pair of a couple of games with uh, Raceland. And it went opposite the way I thought it would, to be honest. I was over here in the studio telling Truck, well... The Golden medal girls are going to be favored, but the Golden medal boys are going to be underdogs. And, well, it was actually the Raceling girls who got a close win and the Golden medal boys who got a close win. But from what I understand, it was two very good games out there. Um, locally, last night, the scoreboard was very light. So we're going to just touch on the scoreboard and then kind of start previewing some matchups today. Because today's where the schedule really gets intense. But then I'll also give you... The full middle school schedule of games and results from last night in Lafouche Parish. If you're in Terrebonne Parish and you want the same thing, send us your scores. I had a parent send us every single Lafouche Parish middle school score last night, and we certainly appreciate them for doing that. If you want the same in Terrebonne, uh, send us those scores whenever the games occur. Last night, very light schedule. Um, Just two games locally. Um, uh, Worth mentioning, we got... Terra Bone, remember Brandon Brown came on earlier in the week, and he said, hey, we're playing Morgan City. Hey, we don't want to be overconfident. We don't want to be arrogant, but we want to kind of try to blow them out. Well, yeah. mission accomplished, 87-47. to 47. They get a win over Morgan City. The Tigers got rolling. Man, a 32-minute game, you score 87 points. That's a lot, a lot of points. They get rolling. They get a running time win. Start to build some confidence, build some steam, man. They lost a couple of hard-fought district games. Uh, now they try to take some momentum. They're going to be taking on Destrahan tonight. That's a must win, but they start off the weekend stride, getting a big win over Morgan City, defending their home floor. A game that you were at last night. You got these South LaFouche girls getting a 49-26 to win over Terrebonne. South LaFouche bounces back after losing to Ed in the car a couple nights ago um, in a really hard-fought game. Dude, that would have just been a huge one if the Lady Tarpons could have won that one. Come up just a little bit short. Um but they get their mojo back. The one-two punch of Ellie Lorraine and Nyla Lyons combined for 27 points in the blowout win. South LaFouche gets back to 500 on the season with a 49 to 26 win. You were there. I was not. What did you see, man? How did the uh, how did the game go down for the Lady Tarpons?
1: Well, I well first I was talking to Jack Repstock before the game, and he was telling me the game against Edna Carr, the Tarpons were up the entire oh, game. see,
0: well, we got the the situation wrong. We were told that they had to rally back, but okay, so they they lost the lead.
1: Yeah, they were up. I mean, I think I. Maybe start the fourth quarter, something like they might have been up four, five, six points.
0: Yeah, that's that's opposite and from the report that we had gotten, but I certainly yeah, trust that.
1: Yeah, they were up. But look, last night, kind of a complete game for the Lady Tarpons. Uh, Nyla Lines did what Nyla Lines does. She got the ball in the post and was very aggressive going to the basket. Uh, a couple of times on defense, and I spoke to Coach Jenkins after the game about this, where Nyla kind of just put her hand straight up and picked up. I think two fouls sometimes, maybe even three. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of unfortunate. It could have gone either way. They could have let it go, but they called the foul, which, and it was a well-officiated game. Um, uh, Lorraine, Ellie, Lorraine, Deli from uh, top of the key, three-pointers. She yeah. made some. Uh, VG came in, made some threes. They got, they shot the ball well from the outside. And, um, uh, just a complete game, I think, for the Lady Tarpons, and uh, they just rolled to the victory.
0: Now, now, you told me off the air, you said, hey, look, man, you know, hey, Salafouche won and did everything they needed to do, but you said you were also kind of impressed with Terrebonne and said, hey, man, like, if this is a young team, like, I could kind of see it a little bit. Coach Barrios in year one, they're struggling, but they are very young, and, boy, home junior high has got a great middle school team. I don't know what they're getting out of that middle school team because... People talk, and a lot of little birdies are telling me that not a lot of those kids are going to go to the public school system. But if they could get some of that and mix it with the youthful core that they got, you came away impressed with Coach Barrios and, and her young team and their effort last night.
1: Yes, I mean, she called a timeout one time and drew up a set play. And they ran it to perfection. Did not make the shot, but they executed the play the way it was designed to be run. And uh, Brett Crossman mentioned this several times during the broadcast about – the uh, Lady Tigers just play so hard. The entire game, they play hard. And you can see some of them are young. They're not as comfortable with the basketball. But uh, if they stay at it, Casey, I think this can be a, a team that's going to be much improved next year. And if they can get some help from those girls from home and junior high, they're, they're going to be better. Just I think the buy-in is going to be there because they have seen some success. Uh, just it, it's going to take a little bit of time. But. Uh, I, w- I was impressed with, with Terrible and just their effort, their entire game, uh, they just don't quit.
0: There we go. So tonight, well, you know what, before we get to tonight's games, let's go to the middle school scoreboard from yesterday, round one of Parish play. Like, this is different than how it used to be. <laughs> Back in the day, like, you didn't play as many of these non parish games. You played some tournament games and, and whatever it may be. Um but now it's a situation where you play like almost a full schedule before you officially dive into your Parish games. And round one of the Parish games were last night. And on the girls' side, you had LCO go on the road and get a 46-15 to win over 6th Ward. So that's a good win for um, Coach Shields there. You have Lockport defend their home floor, their newly refurbished hardwood home floor. Beautiful setup there. They get a 42-10 to win over E.D. White. Raceland gets a 35 to 32 win over Golden Meadow, and ooh, Thibodeau Middle School—they lost to Bayou Blue last year. They were not happy about losing to Bayou Blue last year. They didn't lose to Bayou Blue this year. They went 43 to three in girls basketball oh, action last night. On the boys side, LCO gets a 42 to 20 win over Sixth Ward. Congratulations to Coach Pokey and his guys getting a big win. It was Lockport getting a 35-24 to 24 win over E.D. White. Good job, Coach Caroline. Loop, your first Paris victory. Damien and the crew. Golden Meadow gets a 43-36 win over Raceland. I was talking to Damien after that game. He said, hey, man, that's as good as our guys have played all year. They get to 1-0 with a big win over Raceland. And Thibodeau Middle gets a 39-24 to 24 win over Coach Sanders and the Bayou Blue team. So we get the full list of middle school results. And... I want to thank Ms. Harriet uh, Savant. She's committed to sending us the full slate of middle school results for the rest of the season. So, on the LaFouche Parish side, we're covered. We're going to be able to get those to you all, and uh, we look forward to following that as the year goes down.
1: Yep. That's nice to have. So, we can, uh, when we start, we broadcast, and now probably I think one game a week or two, boy and girl, uh, double headers that we're going to be broadcasting. So, that's going to be nice to have so we can follow. Uh, these teams along as we go along.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh look, tonight got some big ones. Uh we got some district doubleheaders and and we got some interesting things happening. Um Central Lafouche will be home against East St. John, boy girl doubleheader. You've seen Central LaFouche several times. You saw East St. John Tuesday. I think that's gonna be a good game. Um I thought that East St. John was just kind of playing in mud a little bit against HL Bourgeois. They just could never quite make a run. They would show some flashes, never could get going. Playing today in Matthews, I think that's going to be a really, really good game on the boys' side. On the girls' side, who knows? East St. John, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. Central LaFouche has been charging. Big opportunity for Coach Gage and his team. If they could get past the Wildcats, stay undefeated in district, really start to build some momentum. They're at home. They're expecting a big crowd. That's a huge opportunity for the Trojans today.
1: Yeah, and, I, man, look, I, I came impressed, uh, way impressed with – uh, East St. John. You got Just, a real good uh, point guard, man. Yeah, the quickness. I, I think tonight the Trojans are going to have to stop that big guy inside for East St. John. Uh, they they gave Bourgeois fits inside, and uh, they're going to have to v- have a very good game on the inside, and that leads me to tell you that Griffin is going to have to stay out of foul trouble. Yep, 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 yep. And... But he's got to defend early. You can't just jump out of the way and not play defense so you don't foul. It's going to be critical that if, uh, the inside game tonight, if he's saying John pounds it on the inside, the children's going to have to have an answer.
0: Yeah, very well said. Uh, Destrahan tonight hosting Terrebonne for a doubleheader. On the boys' side, eh, I don't expect drama there. I think Terrebonne's going to handle him pretty good. The girls' game should be uh, probably favored for Destrahan there. So we're expecting um, – a fun night out there in Norco. Now, uh, we've got HL Bourgeois who will be hosting Thibodeau on the girls' side. That's a huge game. Coach um, Coach Anderson, we had him on yesterday. His team's starting to play really well. Thibodeau has been reeling a little bit since losing Taylor Thomas to injury. On the boys' side, Andrew Kiowit told me the other night, we're hanging out in his coach's office. He said, hey, man, Tony and Thibodeau is going to upset somebody, probably multiple somebody's before the end of the year. And then he left me with saying, we just got to make sure on Friday it ain't us. Thibodeau plays hard defensively. They're not going to let Bourgeois just run up and down the floor. They're going to play tough. If they could score enough, don't be surprised if that's a closer game than what some people expect, even though it's a road game for the Tigers.
1: Yes, and honestly, I wouldn't consider it much of an upset because Thibodeau is a very good basketball team, and if they, their half-court defense is tremendous. If they can stop Bourgeois' transition game tonight, and, and guard them in the half court, and if Thibodeau can make some shots, this is gonna could be a very, very close game. Now, on the other hand, if Bourgeois gets out running like they do, scoring in transition, hit some threes, yeah, it can get away from Thibodeau. But uh, I expect this one to be a closer game than people may think.
0: So I'm actually just learning this, and Richard Jones is the guy who sent me the text message letting me know. We actually have a doubleheader tonight. Um not for our radio purposes, but heck, I'm gonna go early and, and for filming purposes. Before South Lafouche plays Homer Christian on the boys' side at seven, Ellender is playing a road varsity game with the Homa Christian girls at six. So we've got Ellender and Homer Christian at six, South Lafouche and Homer Christian at seven fifteen ish. So we got a doubleheader out there, Ellender and Homer Christian playing a non district game. It's a red hot Homer Christian team. They're four and one coming in. Big opportunity for them tonight.
1: So no South Lafouche JV game I, I tonight. I wouldn't
0: expect. No, I think it's going to be Ellender, Home of Christian, six, South Lafouche, Home of Christian after the girls' game.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Yep. We'll be a little different, but we'll get a chance to see multiple schools. Letcher hosting Morgan City tonight for the girls. Uh, South Terrebonne and Central Catholic uh, has been canceled for the girls. Vanderbilt traveling to take on White Castle in a girls basketball matchup. Let's see if Snacks playing anybody today. Yep, they're hosting St. James in a district game, district opener for them. Patterson and Berwick in a district game. These are all girls basketball. I'm gonna check, make sure, or, or check and see if these are double headers in just a second. Nope. Central Catholic is taking on. Oh, well, never mind, that got canceled again. They were supposed to play South Terrebonne. Covenant Christian is hosting Highland Baptist. Those are all girls games. The boys, I told you, 5A. Um one thing of note, Hanville's hosting North Shore. They've got the district by, so they'll be hosting North Shore. But we told you all the other matchups. Foray, uh, let's see. We've got Lutcher traveling to take on Saint Charles Catholic. That'll be a fun one. Um, you got South and Homer Christian, which you'll be able to hear right here. South Terrebonne traveling to take on Central Catholic of Morgan City. The boys game apparently is not canceled. Um, Vanderbilt and Catholic well, that's a bummer. Vanderbilt and Catholic of New Iberia were scheduled for time. It got canceled. Man, I We'd love to know the the reason for that because, boy, that could have been a really good PowerPoint game for both teams. Berwick will be hosting Port Barry for the boys tonight. Donaldsonville traveling to take on De La Salle. E.D. White traveling to take on Fountain Blue. The, again, these are all boys basketball games tonight. 2A, uh, home of Christian in South LaFouche. We talked about that a second ago, which you will be able to hear right here on KLEB. And then in single, a Covenant Christian Academy playing a district home game against Highland Baptist. So we wish... Nothing but the best of luck. Boy, tomorrow we're going to have a boatload of scores. we got just about everybody playing tonight.
1: Yeah, and let's not forget Grand Isle. They're back in action tonight. Oh,
0: I did miss that. Yeah, taking on uh, Glencoe Charter for the boys. Are the girls playing too? Let's see. Pulled it up here. The girls are not in action, but uh, good luck to the Grand Isle boys, man, at home. Hopefully they get a win over VB Glencoe Charter.
1: Yeah, they're getting back from the storm, and uh, they haven't played – a lot of games, but they, uh, they're starting to play a few. Yeah,
0: I'm glad that you mentioned that because I didn't I, I overlooked that on, on my schedule of games. Look, let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to go to Chandler Gitros. The Tarpons are inching closer to the start of their preseason practices. I'm curious to ask Chandler um, about the freezing weather that's going to be coming up. Does that hinder the growth of the grass and anything like that? We'll talk about that. In so that's one. what
1: we're doing in here, getting ready for the, the cold. It's about 30 degrees in here. <laughs> i don't think We're it's cold.
0: You're, cold you're freezing i think it's actually a nice uh very comfortable here in the studio today i'm gonna i'm gonna rant about the weather at 12 o'clock by the way it's play by play we've got chandler coming up out of this break we'll be right back when kaylee b
4: Water safety tips from Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim.
5: 3T Oil Change is an efficient, quick-loop service that offers oil changes for
0: gas and diesel engines. Brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and cutoff. Call 798 7401. Proud supporter of South Lafourche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Good
2: Tarpons!
0: Welcome back to play by play here on K L E B. Casey Jisler here with Coach Brian Kala. You guys know the drill. On Fridays at eleven forty five, we go to Chandler Guitros, the South Lafouche High School head baseball coach, who's joining us on the line now. If I could get my guy to turn on Chandler's mic, I will wish him a wonderful morning.
6: Chandler, how we doing, brother? I was busy. Hey, doing great, man. Actually, on the road today, we uh, we here outside of Rock and Bow in Lafayette, the Louisiana Baseball Coaches Association Clinic. Uh, really, one of my favorite weekends of the year. Uh, ready to talk some baseball, talk with all our uh, fellow coaches in the state, and uh, looking forward to a great weekend.
0: Awesome, man. though no, that does sound like a lot of fun. Let me actually, this right out of the gate. You know, we know in. Football, there wasn't really any rule tweaks, but in basketball, there was a significant rule t- uh, tweak where we changed the bonus rules. It's now five fouls and everything's double bonus. In baseball this upcoming season, is there anything that's going to look a little different than it has in years past?
6: Really, the major one, and I'm extremely excited about this, is we are now allowing one-way communication from the dugout to the catcher. Um, the, uh, you know, technology, we're going to have an earpiece with our catcher ah. be on a mic. I think that, uh, it's going to be great to, uh, you know, for us, we want to work at a certain pace with certain guys on the mound and it, it really just simplifies that communication. We don't have to signal something in and look at a wrist card and, or anything like that. Um, if we do look at a wrist card, it's because we kind of just speaking in code through the mic, but it, it should really, uh, speed up the pace of play in a game. And uh, look, we're really excited about that. I think that's a great move that the state made. There's no reason not to have it. The technology is available, so I think that's going to be a very uh, good, positive thing in the state of Louisiana going forward.
0: No, I didn't realize that. That's really neat, man. So, so that's basically, uh, Bucky will be in the dugout, like speaking into a walkie, telling the pitch that the catcher is going to then receive and give it to the pitcher, like that. that that's how it's going to go down.
6: Exactly, and uh, in certain dugouts, we might be in a situation where we still use the wristband, but it's going to be via the microphone instead of signaling it in. Just maybe a third base coach might be too close to where we're standing, where we yeah, don't want yeah, to yeah. get the fastball away right here. Uh, but yeah, and uh, it's going to uh, coach is going to have his uh, little walkie-talkie, and it's going to go straight to uh, Dane or Josh or whoever we have back there, and uh, it should be uh pretty good to allow our pitchers to work at the pace that we want to work at.
1: Now, coach, will that have an effect? Like I know in the dugouts, there's a lot of. Uh chatter going around and, and, and ch- uh, cheering and stuff, would that have to quiet your dugout down a little?
6: No, we actually uh, we actually are going to be uh, looking at that at practice time. Uh, we, we did simulate it in a bullpen with guys talking around, and the, the catcher saying that all they are hearing is the voice speaking into mi- the microphone. But, Coach Khaled, that's a very interesting point you make, uh, that whenever we're at practice, we're just going to have to try to simulate it with that dugout noise and see how much interference that we do have. And if not, Coach Buck might just have to stand in a corner with uh, something protecting the speaker. But, uh, no, that's a good point. And that is something that, uh, not that you mentioned it, thank you, Coach Kali. That's uh, something that we will definitely <laughs> take a look at.
0: Oh, no, for sure, man, dude. Let, let's ask about this. You came on a couple weeks ago and you said, you know, hey, we're doing some some heavy lifting on the field and, and getting some work done and you know, trying to get the field ready. Now, one of the things that you said is, hey, we're just hoping for some rain, which, okay, we've been getting some rain. But now the next question that I asked is, do you want 20 degree rain? Like, is the freeze going to impact you at all in any type of a negative way?
6: It shouldn't. What it's going to be good for is the actual ryegrass. It, it is uh, the, the winter grass, is what we call it. We, we plant that in the wintertime. It should survive those conditions. Um, it, it should be fine. It's uh, the certain areas where the ryegrass didn't come up yet that we're going to have to replant that we just hope the ground doesn't get too hard, that whenever we go to reseed those certain areas, and if you pass by our field, you see it. You have uh, our infields looking green, green as could be, uh, right field as green as could be, but there are some streaky spots in left field that, for whatever reason, whenever the seed took, that it might have got washed down a little bit that we're going to have to replant. That, uh, you know, the, the once we do plant it, we hoping for 50, 60-degree days, not 20, 30-degree days. So um, uh, I think it'll be fine once we get fertilized on it. it should be uh, It should be able to green up. And uh, it might not be looking pristine for our first scrimmages in early February, but when we get to mid to late February when we're playing games, I think we'll be okay.
0: Um, let me ask you this. I, I don't know the exact answer, and hell, Brian may actually even know some of this too from, from his athletic director days. Roughly how much of an expense is that throughout the year to keep that situated and, you know, to mow it and you know, plant seeds? And, like, I know that stuff is costly, man. Roughly how much of an expense it is to keep that field in, in game condition
6: year-round? Uh, the first round of seed and fertilizer, it's it's pushing $10,000. And if, if you have to replant, stuff like that, you're uh, looking at an extra five. By the time you're looking at cutting grass and uh, putting chemicals on there, look, like you're looking at between any given year, depending on the situation, twelve dollars to $20,000 that you're investing just to be able to play. And not just that, we have uh, $3,000 worth of dirt that we ordered that Mr. Nick Walker with New Gem Construction was out there yesterday, and I believe he's out there again today. Uh, you know he was chopping everything up and putting that new dirt on there by the time we put our infield conditioner that's another 3000 so you're looking at well over $20,000 per year uh, in expense just to be able to have a surface to play on
0: goodness man and look that's not counting the time and everything that you guys are putting into doing it right I mean that, that time is valuable as well um, let's talk a little bit about your team uh, we have spent over oh, the last month or so discussing some things that you guys are looking for you know Want to throw competitive strikes. You want to get a little more power in the lineup. We're getting pretty close to you guys getting some live fire, man. Are you satisfied with where you guys sit right now on January the 12th?
6: Yeah, we are. And look, that first litmus test. I wish that it wasn't so early, but once we have our first week of practice, we practice on the Monday and we're actually scrimmaging against Thibodeau High on that uh, Saturday. I believe it's uh, January 27th in the umpire scrimmage. Uh, it, it's quick. You know, you're going to see kind of where you're at as opposed to another team who's kind of. Uh, you know, just just kind of gauge where each program's at at the time. Uh, so until we really get on that practice field, we start inter-squatting and we start seeing those live bullets, it is hard to tell. I mean, a guy could look great in a cage. A guy could look great hitting curveballs on a pitching machine once he gets in a rhythm and knows what that break is. But uh, pitching is king in baseball and seeing how they react to those live bullets, uh, that, that's really going to tell the tale as far as where we are right now. Uh, hopefully what we're looking for generally pitching and defense carries early. Uh, especially in these colder months, uh, so pitching and defense—if if we have that looking good to start—I uh, think that we're going to be in a good shape. The bats just take a little bit of time to come around. Hitters got to get in the rhythm. H- hitting is such a—you uh, know—a mental thing and a timing thing as well. That uh, you just need live bullets and game reps. You know, practice reps are great; they're awesome. Baseball is one of those games that the more you play it, the better you get at it. That's uh, that's a big advantage to us playing 34 games with those three scrimmages and a jamboree we're going to have a lot of live bullets. We'll try to inter as much as possible and get those game reps for what is going to be a pretty much a brand new team that we're putting on the field this year.
0: Baseball is such an analytically and statistics driven sport at the advanced levels, you know, there's a stat for everything. They got a stat for okay, well, here's the guy's batting average when the count is 2-1. Here's his average when it's 2-2 and you know, here's his splits versus a lefty pitcher or a righty pitcher and I get it. You guys, you know, maybe don't have access to all of the data that, like, an MLB team would. But how deep do you guys get involved in terms of, you know, maybe some lefty-righty stuff or some splits? How deeply do you guys get into the analytics of things at South Lafous?
6: Well, we're actually, uh, you know, using this uh, this kind of evaluation period. Instead of getting a super amount of reps right now, we're doing a lot of classroom time, and we've taken uh, thirty to forty-five minutes a day all week this week just to present some of that stuff to them. Uh, just kind of percentages in the game of baseball where we have been uh, what kind of goals we want to set like a big one for us is going to be uh, scoring seven runs a game we uh, I believe in the last three years it's well over a 94 percent clip that we score seven runs we win the game um, uh, one year was we went 23 and one when we scored seven runs on the flip side of that you looking at what are you doing in those other games? Like we might've went four and 13 when we didn't score seven runs. How do you flip that? And a big thing that we're looking at is fielding percentage. Um, the amount of errors you commit in a game. We, uh, we looked at once that the games that we lost that we didn't score seven runs, we averaged over two errors every game to where if we just flip that back to two errors a game or below, you win those and you find a way to win the three to one, the, the two to one game, uh, which is something that, uh, you know, at times we, you know, most teams in, in, those tight games this should be 50-50, the games you win, games you lose, but the teams that win state championships and compete at that level find ways to win those games. So that's kind of the stuff that we're breaking down for our kids right now, making sure we understand what goals we want to set and uh, chart everything. We've done a great job uh, defining things on the mound and setting goals on the mound. We want to carry that over to every aspect of everything that we do, and that way our guys know what our standard is. We know when we have victory, what goals that we hit whenever we lose a game okay let's go back and look did we hit our standards so uh, we're looking to do a much better job in communicating in all aspects of the game of baseball for our kids and uh, giving them that well-rounded experience going into and out of teams.
0: good stuff man look before we let you go uh, I know you follow everything happening in the world of sports and, and you're very well informed if you as a varsity head baseball coach were ever in a situation where Oh, you're telling your starting pitcher. All right, it's a 2-2 pitch. I want a fastball. And he says, yeah, all right, I got you. And then just, like, throws a curveball, does something completely opposite. How would you feel? You know where I'm going with this. Dennis Allen, man, he said take a knee. The players just said no to hell with you. We're not doing that. Uh, as As a coach in your dugout, how would you handle situations like that? If you said, all right, don't steal and the kid stole, all right? You said swing away and the kid bunted, like, how would you feel about guys just blatantly not doing what they're instructed to do?
6: Oh, in the pitching aspect of it, I guarantee you, and I better hope that our catcher calls time, goes to the mound, and gets in that guy's face because that catcher probably just got hit uh, somewhere where it hurts. <laughs> right. I didn't know a pitch was coming. Uh, but, no, the uh, Dennis Allen situation, uh, even at our level, that kid should, if it would be at the high school level, that should be a cut automatically. If, if uh, you want your locker room and your team to respect you, either your word means something or it doesn't, uh, and as a head coach, you got to be able to have that control of your locker room. That that stuff cannot happen. And for it to happen at the professional level is an absolute joke. Uh, whether you feel that it was right to score or not right to score, whatever the coach says, that's what should happen.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, brother. Hey, look, man, Have thanks for the time. Have a great day, man. And uh, say hello to some of our coaching buddies out there, all right?
6: It will do. Y'all have a good one, guys.
0: Yep, that is Coach Chandler is doing a good job, as always. They're going to go and uh, learn some things uh, over out in the Lafayette area. Dude, that, uh, that situation where they're going to have the pitch com, that's pretty neat. Uh, they'll be, so for those not familiar, uh, Bucky's going to have like a walkie talkie. The catcher is going to have like an earpiece, almost like an AirPod in his ear under the mask. And, you know, if Bucky says, uh, four, five, six, three, and the catcher's going to look at the card and see what four, five, six, three is, sends that into the pitcher. I think it's going to speed things up. But here's the thing that I would caution Chandler and Bucky and everybody else around the state. We do this in the pros. We do this in college. Sometimes those machines break. Sometimes the batteries die. So, so you better learn a second system, too, and don't just put all of your eggs in the electronics.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I think I have to work out some kinks and stuff, and I, I'm wondering if it, it shuts off at a certain time. I'm I, Probably not that advanced, I guess, but... Uh, or it it's live the whole time.
0: Why? And I didn't realize this until I think it was actually Nick Saban who said that this is that this should happen in college football. In the NFL there's no guy on the sideline holding up a poster board with pictures of animals and the reason for that is because the corner is just telling the quarterback to play in his helmet. Nick Saban has always said, why don't we do that in college? Then we wouldn't have to have guys looking like jackasses spinning a wheel on the sideline and having posters and pictures of Taylor Swift and everything in between. If high school could afford to do it for baseball, why the hell college yeah. doesn't have this system? Like, it feels like it would be easier and a better situation for everybody. You're worried about sign stealing and hardball? Don't let them have signs on the field.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I do like Michigan. Just put your coach on their <laughs> sideline.
0: <laughs> Man, that, worked. that worked out well for them. Yeah. Let's catch a break when we get back. I'm going to express some of my frustration with the, ooh, the next couple of days of weather, but then we'll also talk about some other things. This is going to be a sports segment. It's play-by-play, all leading up to Damien at 1215. We'll be right back after this.
5: Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top of the line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships, along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, yeah.
4: Water safety tips from Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. 1. Always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. 2. Wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. 3. Remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. 4. Empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use, as children can drown in as little as 2 inches of water. 5. Check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim.
5: While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000, Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard, your one stop fly shop kayak and sportsman
7: outfitters. You can check out our new kayak demos and on new pool and sea casting demonstrations. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. And our dedicated staff is here and ready to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Come on in to check out some of our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Orvis, New Canoe, Old Town, and oh, yeah, New Canoe 2022 kayaks are now 20% off. No wake outfitters,
2: 1926 airline drive in Metairie.
0: You know, we're about to embark on what I think is an unreasonable weather pattern, but it is what it is. Um, today, right now, as I left my vehicle to walk into the studio, I took a look at the thermometer built into my car. It's 70. 7 degrees. I am currently wearing a short sleeve shirt. Got khakis on just because I didn't feel like going dig out a pair of shorts. By the end of the day today, it's going to be cold again. Um, then by the end of the weekend, it's going to be hot again. Then by Monday night, Tuesday, it's going to be below freezing. And then by the end of that week, it's going to be hot again. And then by next weekend, it's going to be cold again. Weather, make up your damn mind, dude. This is an unreasonable weather pattern that we're going through right now. And... The meteorologists have their little computer models and everything, and then sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. But is it too much to ask to have the same weather two days in a row? Like, dude, this is like watching Jay Cutler play quarterback. Some games it's great. Some games it's terrible. You never know what you're going to get. What the hell's going on, man? Like, it's 77 right now. In three, four days, it's going to be 27, and we're going to be freezing 50 degrees cooler. Just to think, over the summer, we had a lot of days, 100 degrees. We had a lot of days with the heat index, 120. That was three, four months ago. Tuesday, it's going to be 100 degrees colder than that. It's insane, mm. man. And what, What's going on, Mother Nature? Get your act together.
1: Man, we, we live down south, man. We don't This cold weather stuff.
0: It might sleet on Tuesday, so that leads you to the next question. And there's a reason why I'm bringing this up. It's not just because I want to complain and be yeah. an old man.
1: Yeah. Tuesday,
0: we got a bunch of district double headers. There's a chance those games don't get played. I mean, if we're talking about cold, wet, wintry mix, roads freezing, roads closing, there's a chance that the Tuesday schedule might get snowed in, for lack of a better word. And that'd be very interesting to see. We might have another, for a second straight week, weather might cause cancellations of indoor sports games because of just how bipolar the situation
1: is. Yeah, because that- what i'm hearing i think wednesday morning would be the coldest so that'd be tuesday uh, night Tuesday yeah. night yeah where uh depends with the uh the rain or whatever comes in with time of that but
0: mm-hmm. hopefully
1: hopefully they can get all these games in
0: yeah for sure man you don't want to see any type of cancellations or postponements or anything we like to stay on our schedule but Last uh, – not last show, two shows ago, you told me that you had some um, information for me about undefeated and winless teams at the high school ranks. Um, are you ready for me to guess that now?
1: Yeah, let's go boys, undefeated. And look, uh, we may be off by a number of two, and uh, if we are, let us know. That means you're listening. That's good. Look, hey,
0: we, I, I could tell you this. This is a true story. Yesterday – I got a text, and he's not going to mind me shouting them out on the air. Um, well, not, not yesterday. I'm sorry. This past weekend, I see Mr. Hennessey Mallison at the Raceland Middle School gym. I was covering their middle school tournament. And he comes up to me, and we we're small talking. We we're talking about Homa Junior High's basketball team and how good they are and you know how Damien's doing a good job, all that good stuff. And then he leaves me, and he says, Next time I see you, I'm going to have a box of s'mores Pop-Tarts for you. That's a listener. <laughs> Who else would know that I, we were talking about Pop-Tarts yeah. except somebody who's a, who's a regular listener? We've got a bunch of Well, those. if
1: it's like the hot dogs he was bringing us, good luck. You ain't getting oh, them.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> You're not getting them. hit him below the belt. <laughs> I hope he's not listening now. <laughs> we're never going to be welcome over there again. Um, so let's start with the boys. You said undefeated teams on the boys. I know Buckeyes undefeated. Again, because I was looking at the power rating numbers the other day. Lafayette Christian, I think, is undefeated. Nobody in Division I non-select. Nobody in Division I select. I'm going to say five undefeated teams.
1: There's three. I got three. three. You don't forget okay. Bruley.
0: Bur- oh, I did forget about Bruley. Oh, yes, I did forget about Bruley. So you got Bruley, Buckeye, and Lafayette Christian?
1: Yeah. Now I might have missed some, but uh, but now, there's at least three.
0: On the flip side, you said you want me to guess winless teams? Yeah. Oof. Assumption is one. I'm trying to think. Locally they're the only ones. No, nope. No, they're they're not. Who who locally didn't win a game? Um I'm gonna go six winless teams.
1: Seventeen.
0: Oh my god, seventeen. And you said assumption's Death not ran. the only lo- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Death strand. Do, do you have do you have a full mm-hmm.
1: list of them? I'd be uh, curious to hear no the boy i don't think well i I got you i got you i'll
0: pull it up division one non-select we got destrahan zero and 16 division two non-select we've got assumption zero and 15 division three non-select we have excuse me i hit division four division three non-select we have pine prairie winless division four non-select we have a, a few oak grove and sicily island and north iberville Division 4, non-select, we have Central of Jonesville that has not yet won a game. Division 1, select, Higgins has not won a game. You get some good, uh, never mind. I was about to say something that maybe oh, wouldn't have been a I pro- know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going. Uh, young, audiences, young audience's charter is winless in Division 2, select, but they also haven't played a game. Division 3, select. We've got Holy Savior Menard, who is winless. Then two more classifications, Division Four select. We've got Ecole Classique and Glenbrook, who have not won a game. And Division Five select. We've got Downsville, who's 0-17, Louisiana School for the Deaf, 0-11, and Glencoe Charter, 0-4, as well as Alexandria Country Day, who's 0-12. We hope all those teams get a win, man. Can you imagine going through a season, not winning a single game?
1: And there are some schools, boys and girls, both winless
0: uh let's go to the girls now. You you challenged me to, to for the girls. Undefeated teams for the girls. I know one of them just got beat. Lafayette Christian was undefeated. They lost to my friend Keanu Cheney in Southern Lab a couple nights ago. Walker, I think, is undefeated. And I'm not I'm not cheating. I'm not looking at I got I still got the boys' ones pulled up. I think Walker's undefeated. I'm gonna say two.
1: Five. Five. We um, had we had Walker. 24-0. and Now, this was from a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bastrop was 20, 23-0. Oof. LaSalle, 17-0. Okay, Lafayette Christian was one. They were 18-0. Yeah, yeah. And Claiborne Christian was 22-0. and
0: Do you feel – look, you guys had a year with the Tarps where y'all were like 19, 20, and you know, 0, something like that. Do you feel added pressure to keep that streak going whenever whenever you're in the middle of that? Uh,
1: not so much to keep the streak going, just to win and lose. Didn't want to lose.
0: yeah. Um, now, winless teams on the girls' side. Oh, man. i got a feeling there's going to probably be a, a good bit because a lot of the schools maybe don't take girls' basketball as seriously as they do the men. Uh, I'm going to say 18 winless girls' basketball. Winner, winner. Wow, I got it on the nose? Yeah, 18. 18. Well, I need to buy a lottery ticket. 18 winless teams on the girls' basketball side. I'm going
1: to – I got some Bogalusa, Rayville – Independence, De Quincey, Haynesville, Sicily Island, Block.
0: Donaldsonville's one. West I if you Jeff, didn't say them.
1: David Thibodeau, Livingston Collegiate, Collegiate of Baton Rouge, Green Oaks, MLK.
0: Man, 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 that's nuts. Um, I, I saw something last night. I'm trying to find it. That Bogalusa High School was... Oh my gosh! Again, and I, I did find it here. I man, for the second time in not so many years, Bogalusa High School is dealing with a tragedy—a um, double shooting incident that killed a Bogalusa High School student. Another was hurt Thursday night as as a basketball game was taking place. Bogalusa had a similar instance like this in a, after a football game recently. Now that it happens at basketball. um, not blaming anybody there. I don't. I don't know the principal. I don't know the administration. But, dude, like, if I'm a coach and I'm scheduling games, I, I don't want to go there. That's the second time that that happens in like 24 to 36 months. A kid gets killed while a basketball game is going on. Like that's that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. And we we went there. We went there to Bogaloosa for a boy girl double I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, didn't feel unsafe there, but apparently, man, it's, it's been a rough stretch for them. Two tragedies now and, and not a long stretch of time. That, that's tough.
1: Yeah, I remember that it was kind of one of the longest trips ever.
0: Wait. By a yellow bus. It takes six days and three hours to get to Bogalusa. Yeah, I mean, that was that yeah. was a brutal trip.
1: We walked out the bus. I thought we were out of state. <laughs> stayed in there for so long.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So we certainly send our thoughts and our prayers to the, the, the young student who lost his life and then also the prayers for the other victim who was hurt and is apparently in critical condition. The student killed was 14 years old. Sorry, sorry. The student injured is 12. So we're sending our thoughts and our prayers and... People out that way, man, do better. Um, that's absurd. There ain't no way that you should be going to a high school event and, and, and being at risk to lose your life. That, that's that's insane. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Damien St. Pierre. He is the Golden Medal Middle School boys and girls basketball coach. His team got a parish split yesterday. The girls lost a tough one. The boys won a tough one. We'll also ask Damien about the South LaFouche Biddy All-Star season, which begins this weekend with a friendship tournament over at the Cutoff Youth Center. We'll be right back. It's play-by-play on KLEB.
3: When it comes to brain and spine surgery, you want an expert, you want Thibodeau Regional. Our neurosurgeons perform complex back, neck, and brain surgeries, as well as minimally invasive and even same day procedures. Spine and even basic brain surgery may be commonly available in our region. What isn't common is the expertise and quality care you'll receive at Thibodeau Regional Brain and Spine
1: Clinic.
5: This is Congresswoman Julia Letlow, and as I travel across the 24 parishes of our district, I have the opportunity to meet amazing people and listen to their concerns. These conversations have sparked real results, from giving parents a rightful seat at the table with the Parents' Bill of Rights, to passing the strongest border security bill in history, and returning $61.5 million directly back home to the 5th District. It's an honor to be able to serve you in Congress, and if we can assist you, visit letlow.house.gov. Paid for with the official funds of the Office of Julia Letlow.
2: Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa wants you to join them for the start of something new sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It's a grand new year, so get a great deal on your new dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa, here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
0: What's up? This is Casey just And this is why I choose state bank for all my banking needs. State bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home. When you walk through the doors, the bank's motto is Cajun banking serve just the way you like it. And that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community, resilient bankers serving a resilient community at state bank. Now, 70 years strong.
3: Come on! Yeah! If you want it all back, jump to your feet right now!
0: Welcome back to Play by Play. It is Friday and it is 12-15, so we make a trip out to Golden Meadow Middle School, and we have Coach Damien St. Pierre on the line. D, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing?
7: Hey, Casey. I'm doing well. Sitting uh, Currently sitting in my office in great Louisiana this afternoon representing
0: Dan off on the clock there we go sounds like a winner brother uh, happy to chat with you today look we were talking earlier in the show um, two really good ball games for your team to open up parish yesterday on the road the girls lose a hard-fought very competitive three-point game then your boys pulled away late made some plays in the fourth quarter and get a big win so you got one team who lost a close one one team that won a close one talk about the way your teams did yesterday
7: so um, I know I came here last week talking about how I felt like we turned the corner, and last night was the first time we really got to showcase it. So I guess it took us a couple of games to to realize that hey, like we're not the same team that we began with. You know, both sides. Uh, girls were short-handed. We're dealing with the flu, just like everybody else is. We were down two of our main players that normally rotate in, so we had some uh, some big minutes from some girls that don't normally get some playing time. Wonder one of them was my kid. Uh, she played extremely well uh, for a dad to say that. She probably played better than what I'm what I'm saying. And then uh, Braley Ellis also came in off the bench. One of our eighth graders that never played in a game of basketball before in our life. She came in and 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 helped us out on the defensive end late in the game on the girls' side when we had a couple kids foul out. Um, our point guard Cami Petrie did tremendous. Had 19 last night. Uh, even went down with an injury, came back. She's got the heart of a freaking lion, man. She could go. Um, we had a chance to tie it into the game. They made a really, really good defensive play. Uh, we turned the ball up a little bit too much, and, and that's why we came on the short end and the girls. And then on the boys' side, we um, started down 12-2 to two before we realized, that, hey, we can play with these guys. We did it before. Um, we ended the sec- the first half really, really strong. Uh, recently came out at the beginning of the third and had like a maybe a five-, six-, seven-point run, and we were able to battle back coming down again from nine- uh, we had a really, really strong third quarter. I think we had 18 points in that quarter. Uh, changed up the defense a little bit. Went to some pressure packages, and uh, man, we scored a lot on inbounds. I thought we did a really good job there executing. Uh, got a couple guys playing a couple different positions, and trying to move some some guys around to put them in the right spots and uh, executed late. They went. To, they changed up their half court defense. We went to a couple set plays, and we got some really, really good looks. And I think it was a little frustrating. And then at the end we took care of the ball. We held on we were able to hold on to the lead for uh, for our first Paris win of the season in a really, really awesome environment
3: in racing.
0: No, that's good stuff, man. Look, the next thing I wanted to ask you about is I got the the little schedule of events sent to me. Loosely opening up the All Star season this week over at the Cutoff Youth Center. You guys are gonna be uh Intermingling with our friends over at Central Lafouche Betty, playing a series of games, just about every age group covered. Be a nice little friendship tournament to see what the teams have to work on. I'm sure you guys are super excited about hosting our friends at Central Lafouche this weekend.
7: Absolutely. So that's a, that's a thing that I remember whenever I, I mean, and you were with me when we first started coaching. Uh, that friendship tournament was something you always look forward to because you got to go see what your team was going to do in, a, in an environment that wasn't too, too crazy and um, kind of a test in tune type of weekend. And, uh, you know, we got with, uh, with Central. I got to give the credit to the man, Mr. Joby Cantrell. He reached, he reached out and said, man, why don't we do this? I said, I have no reason not to. So, reached out to those, those folks in Central. and We were able to put a, a slate of games together for Sunday. Just about every group um, represented in there, boys, girls on both sides. We're going to kick off at 830 on Sunday morning at the Cutoff Youth Center. And then I think our last game is going to be scheduled for about 530. Uh, get all those groups ready. They start the the real, the real deal season. real deal season. Um, the following weekend, and, and just it'll be a great opportunity to get everybody in the gym again. We, we've been out for a couple of weeks now, and uh, just to show what you got and test your, test your team out and for, for the for the real games.
0: Oh, for sure, very well said. Look, Brian and I have been talking throughout the course of the week at our puzzle at the fact that like not only is Dennis Allen going to be back in New Orleans, like they really never even considered letting him go, and then. Yesterday on NOLA.com, there was a story published, I believe, by Jeff Duncan that said half of the locker room was checked out. Um, They did an audit of the players' uh, Microsoft Surface tablets. 20-30% of the team never even turned them on. Um, You got players parking in handicapped spots, which is causing issues for the general public and employees who work in the building who are having to walk further to get into the building than the trained and professional athletes are. You got Have the locker room doesn't think Dennis Allen is holding Derek Carr accountable. We've got the players in the locker room deciding, hey, we're not taking a knee. We're going score again. We're not listening to you, coach. Um, All of this, look, they they hired Dennis Allen under the premise of we're going to still have that Sean Payton culture and that Sean Payton locker room. That Sean Payton culture is long gone. Damien, why in the hell is he still employed in New Orleans?
7: Because Casey, they scored forty plus points in the last game of the season. That's, that's why we're still here. You got to. When you're one of my my second favorite radio broadcasters, says, "What have you done for me lately?" Um, you know, no, obviously, I'm just joking about that. Um, I, I I have no idea. Um, the man, again, we will hammer this point home as we do every week. The man, uh, and I say the man, I'm not talking about Becky Lynch. We're talking about Dennis Island here. Um, he's he's a proven loser, and he's a proven coach that doesn't have his stuff together, doesn't have his ducks in a row, can't hire quality um, which trickle down to the players not trusting you. And the ultimate sign of disrespect and a, and a loss of a team is a coach issuing out duties and them and, and the players not executing. Now, do I disagree with what happened? Nah, man, James Winston could probably run for Mayor of New Orleans and win right now. I think uh, he's the leader of that locker room, which is crazy. He's kind of that old era saint, and, and which is the, the winning era. The, the winning the winning side. You got Dennis Allen Saints that that haven't you know haven't really done much of anything. Uh, with all the quality coaches that are being fired, we seem to be and I say we I'm talking about the Saints seem to be consist seem to be okay with being a consistent average or below average team. Uh, and in, in the NFL, you're getting paid no matter what. The fans still buying season tickets, and until you make some sort of ruckus, that we don't. That the the state of Louisiana and, and the surrounding areas don't want Dennis Allen as your head guy. He's going to continue to be there because it's almost like a safe. It's almost safe. You're not going to lose a ton of. You're not. Going to, you're going to be 500 or a little bit below. So you're not going to be one in 16 or one in 15, um, and you're going to have an outside shot to make the playoffs, especially with the state of the NFC South right now. If you, you got an opportunity every every season, even with a. a one of the easiest schedules in NFL history. I know that's going to turn around next year, and, and everything I, that I just said may flip. Uh, we may have that two or three win season, but until you until you take out the big dog and start rebuilding, it, it, it's not going to happen.
0: Uh, it's nuts, man. Look, we had some earth shaking coaching news a couple days ago with Nick Saban retiring from Alabama. They are in the process of trying to find a replacement, but they're losing some of their guys. Norvell at Florida State announced a contract extension today. Sarkeesian announced today he ain't going anywhere. He's staying at Texas. Uh, they're maybe looking at DeBoer of Washington. Coach Kylie thinks Lane Kiffin is a sleeper, and that's part of the reason why it's so quiet. i tell you this, dude. Um, Nick Saban is the best. Whether we like him, whether we don't like him, he's the best to ever do it. And then the second thing to that is I don't know that I would want to replace him over there because, man, look, you take a job anywhere else in the country and you go eight and four in your first year, you're going to always have the excuse of, well, I was installing, we were building, we were putting things in place. Whoever Nick's successor is, if they go eight and four, nine and three, they might not get a second year. Uh, what are your thoughts as the GOAT goes out and then Alabama now trying to scramble to find a new head coach?
7: couple things on that, Casey. Yeah, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. You may not have liked him, but you have to respect him. You have to respect his accomplices. You have to respect what he does and what he's what he's done for the game of college football that we all love. Um, I think he made a comment. I was reading something or listening to something earlier this week that he wanted to stay around the program. I think that's a hamper. Uh, you can, First off, you have huge shoes to fill. And second, he's going to stay around. To kind of watch over what's going on, he said he kind of wanted to maybe not necessarily be involved, but stick around the program. That's tough, um, and you know I, I think the game and the NIL and the transfer portal has caught up to him. I think that's why he's getting out. I think that's pretty obvious. I think Alabama's been playing pay, paying players for years, and now everybody else is caught up and can do it legally. So I think that that may have that may have uh, knocked him down a little bit. But then you got, all right, so you want to – he's going to be around the program. And then you got guys like Sark. You got guys like uh, like the Oregon coach, Dan uh, Lannick, You got guys like that. And even, even Norvell at Florida State, that they have all that money and they have all the same exact um, facilities and everything else that Alabama has. And you don't have those shoes to fill because whoever is there, if you're not winning 11 to 13 games a year and in, in, in the top four or top 12 in the playoffs, you're gonna be seen as a disappointment. As a, he's, it, it, you never want to follow a legend, but at the same time, you know the the name that everybody's saying is is Dabo. He's in that same mold of not liking transfer portal, not liking the nil deals. It, but at the same time, he's having some pre- He's he's not dealing well with the pressure, in my opinion, at Clemson for losing a couple games more than what they they normally do. Um, he's had, he's letting the outside world get in his head. I believe. And he's had some he's had some issues dealing with that, so I just it's going to be tough. Um, but if he's going to stick around in that program, that's going to make that even even more difficult. Now you got a saving fanboy and Lane Kiffin sitting there, that would probably be the the perfect fit there because he's doing a he's doing a great job at Ole Miss, where not many people have, have been successful.
0: Very interesting stuff. Look, let, let's talk some boxing here for a second. Our guy Victor Hernandez, the Golden Meadow native. Um, has a fight scheduled for February the 16th out in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, on actually a pay-per-view show. Uh, He's going to be taking on Jose Edgardo Garcia for the vacated North American Boxing Association USA Featherweight Championship. Um, Garcia is 13-6-3, but has lost several fights in a row coming in. This feels like uh, Christy Martin, um, Victor's representation, is trying to set him up to get another win against a guy with a pretty solid record. Uh, what are your thoughts, man? Is, is, is Victor stepping up in class a little bit and trying to stay undefeated?
7: I think his last fight is probably going to be tougher than that, just because of the experience and the folks that that uh, that Ira Terry has been in with. Uh, if you're looking at at Garcia right now. You know he, he's been in with a few folks. He's got a couple. He's got a couple fights that he's gone the distance with some undefeated folks and lost some close decisions. Uh, but again, those have all been losses. Uh, but Christy Martin and Victor's team. Kudos to those guys, those folks, because they, you know, we we ran the article um, in their original publication that we did on Victor, and they said, "Look, next year, 2024, we can look for him to have a title fight." And look, you're sitting there, and um, you know, on on February 16th, they they came true. A lot of times in boxing, you deal with some shady folks that that promise you the world and come up with uh, with a bag of dirt and a and a a stocking full of coal. But credit to credit to his team for coming through with everything that they're saying. they're gonna be. They, they talked about. You know, we did it in the body Sports article. They talked about ex- escalating his career this year. Um, he, he's got the Victor's got the experience now. He's been in with some decent folks, and they're gonna take that step up in competition. And he's hopefully at the end of the day, he's gonna have some uh, some gold to put around his waist. But I know he works hard. I know he's not gonna take the opportunity for granted. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go in and say he, he's fighting on his promoter's car, He's gonna be the favorite in that in that contest.
0: The LSU women's basketball team has caught fire again. They lost their opener against Colorado, and then there's drama, and Angel Reese is locked away and you know isn't able to play for about you know three, four games. Well, now they've won 16 in a row, including a decisive win against Texas A&M yesterday at home. Morrow was the leading scorer. Angel Reese had 20 points, 18 rebounds, and seven assists. This is an LSU team. Look, man, everybody's got an opinion about Kim Mulkey, and she's loud, and she's outspoken, and she wears – bright colors, and does a whole lot of stuff to bring the attention to herself. But I think one of the reasons why she does that, Damien, is while we're all looking at her and paying attention to her, her team is quietly in the background getting better and better every game. The Lady Tigers are a national title contender again heading into the stretch run of the SEC with a 16-1 record.
7: Yeah, I think they're getting to the point where we all believe that they would be in, in the first game of the season. Uh, that 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 first loss in the opening contest to Colorado that may have uh, have helped more than it hurt. Seems like a little bit of discipline at the beginning of the season is paying off now that you're in the stretch run. And A and M, I mean, that's no slouch. That was one of the best defensive teams in the country. Uh, that they put up what eighty, I think it was eighty-seven points last night. Yep. a, a Seventeen-point victory. Um, so yeah, they're they're definitely heading the right direction. Definitely where they where we thought they would be originally. And that all started with, hey, we're not dealing with this. We're not dealing with this. And here's how we're going to deal with this if it continues. Uh, and it resulted in some suspension. It resulted in some some girls being not no longer with the team. Um, and I think it created a lot of buy-in, which is crazy to have to create buy-in after coming off of the national championship season. But with managing, having to manage all those egos and all that talent, you got to start somewhere. She did a tremendous job of, of handling all that adversity at the beginning of the season, and now she's there. I think everybody's focused on basketball, and we're going to see the team that, that 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 we that we deserve as fans to see.
0: For sure, man. Look, Matt McMahon's team quietly 2-0 in SEC play now. I don't think that they're going to be the national contender that the women are, but I feel bad for Matt McMahon. man. I think he really got a raw deal. Like he built his entire team in the off-season around Jalen Cook and then randomly the NCAA just decides, all right, Jalen Cook, you're ineligible, and then he takes it to court and wins, and now he's back out there. This is a group that I think could make some noise, man. They got another opportunity this weekend. If they could get to 3-0 in SEC, we're going to have to start focusing on the men a little bit. I know it's all women right now, but McMahon's crew has opened up conference play, playing pretty well.
7: I feel like we were having the same conversation a year ago. LSU started out hot in SEC and then kind of – Kind of went down but it's going to be fun to see if he could bounce back from and not say bounce back from the 2-0 start but bounce back from last year and having an almost the same uh start in sec play uh to where they ended which was not very good it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see you know again dealing with adversity how do you deal with it do you do you sit there and feel sorry for yourself or you come back stronger and and try to do something so um Man, I'm just not sold on him at all. Um, and, and he may have gotten the raw deal, but at the same time, I just, I don't like the the, the the effort that we're that we're playing with at times. And we're winning games, but at the same time, man, I just I, the vibe's not there that usually a winning culture produces.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Look, let's talk some WWE. Last Friday, um, Paul Heyman on SmackDown cut a. Promo where basically he called out everybody. Um, He called out Randy Orton. He called out LA Knight. He called out uh, AJ Styles. He called out The Rock. He called out uh, CM Punk. And I think it's really cool is that, like, we've been programmed for years and years and years that, okay, the champ is going to be feuding with one person and they're going to have every single variety of matches with that one person, be it a cage match, be it a tag team match on Raw, be it like they're going to have that same rendition of those same two guys feuding for months, and it'll get old and it'll get stale. Right now, Roman Reigns is the champion. He's feuding with like six or seven different contenders. To me, that's exciting. And to me, leading into the Royal Rumble, it's cool because I don't know what the hell's going to happen. I could see Punk winning it. I could see uh, The Rock being a surprise injured and winning it. I could see... um, Cody, I could see any form of ways this is going to go, and that's when wrestling's at its best. Whenever there are plenty of options, and we don't know how it's going to shake out.
7: It's fun to see that, Casey, because maybe five to seven years ago, you got in a lull where it was the, like you just said, but it was the same matches every, on on for, on Monday, on Thursday night when SmackDown was on Thursdays, and then again on the pay per view. Just it, it was it just seemed like the same hard regurgitated over and over again and not only feuding with different folks that gives other guys credibility where you could say hey look now there's 30 folks at least half of them have an opportunity to win this and then not to say who's going to actually be in the main event you know uh competing for the championship so it's all it's all a good it's all good whatever things like that happen when they're booking like that um it's kind of it's Almost brings back to that old school where the, the champ would kind of travel around and, and face different folks, face the, the head the head person in that in that territory. Now obviously there's no territories, but you're still given that opportunity to create some uh, legitimacy for some of these folks that, um, that that may need that what they what you know what the insiders call the rub. Um, it, it only leads to good things because then you could kind of cascade down. With those folks going against each other, and the match means even more because those folks are are, are being considered in that main event area.
0: Six NFL playoff matchups this weekend. Uh, Saturday we got the Browns and the Texans, and uh, at 3:30. Then at night we've got the Dolphins and the Chiefs on Peacock. Sunday we've got a triple header: the Steelers and the Bills at noon, the Cowboys and the Packers at 3:30, and the Rams and the Lions at 7. Then we got a Monday night game as well, 7:15 between the Phillies and the Bucks. I've been asking everybody this week. If I told you right now, Damian, I'm going to only give you three hours and 30 minutes of free time all weekend, which, knowing your schedule, you might actually have less than that. But if I give you three hours and 30 minutes of free time, what's the one game that is can't miss for you this weekend?
7: Okay, so I can tell you, any time in the season I get a chance to watch the Dolphins, I'm watching the Dolphins play. There's something going on. The defense is there. The offense is coming up with some quirky stuff. Or they're completely shut down, and you get to see some other talented teams roll roll over them. Um, I'm a a big McDaniel mark from – from the, the middle of his first year. I think he's bringing some some new wrinkles into the game, and I, I enjoy watching them play. Uh, but it's going to be a good weekend. Uh, I think you and I kind of texted back and forth in our group. I'm not a big NFL fan, but I felt myself over the last three weeks. Once those records start getting built and the games start meeting stuff, I, I tune in a, a lot more. Uh, so a, a lot more heavily invested um, in that Monopoly money as well whenever you're watching those games. and um I'm anxious to see the Dolphins, the Dolphins and the Chiefs. I know they they they, they lost to the Bills and they they kind of got out of of what could have been a, a easier slate, but I do think that they're going to compete, and I, I think that's going to be a good a good game down in Arrowhead.
0: I have Peacock, and I think that you do too. because I think you you watch some WWE, uh, you know, premium live events, but man, look, I, I'm with you. I think the Dolphins and the Chiefs is going to be a great game. But I do think it sucks that like the average Joe schmo who doesn't even know what Peacock is just won't be able to see it. I that scares me, bro. The future of that crap scares me because we're looking at a situation where if this is successful, then we're going to see playoff games on ESPN Plus. We're going to see playoff games on Paramount Plus. We're going to see a situation where games that you, we used to get for free are going to be pay per view. I don't like that, man. I think that that sucks, bro. Uh, what are your thoughts as the NFL is testing this out? Hopefully it fails, but I think it's actually where the future's headed.
7: Man, you're going to get me on a government uh, tirade right here. So a few years ago, there was a, a piece of legislation passed, and I kind of read into it, and people were, were, were jumping off the cliff, saying, man, this is going to lead to something crazy. But it's all coming to fruition right now. And they were like, well, every channel is going to have their own app, and they're going be to better dictate what's on, what they're doing, and, and that's exactly what's going on. Every single channel is going to have their own app. You're going to have to go and kind of – Navigate towards whatever you want to watch, and and own fifty different apps to watch fifty different things going on on television. But look, I pay for it. I don't I don't like it, but I'm going to continue to pay for it, and and so they're not going to go anywhere with it because uh, you know I'm I consider myself a very much average Joe that's going to go with with, with that with the, the majority when it comes to that type of stuff. And it, it as long as people support it, it's not there. Um, and I heard you and Turtle talking about it on Wednesday about yeah, look, Amazon Prime, nobody really cares about. The games being on Thursday, but there's a reason that they started there. They wanted to see the viewership. They wanted to see how it goes, and they're going to end up moving games there as well. It's all about the mighty dollar, and whatever whoever's paying Roger Goodell the most money. That's 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 what's going to happen, and that's where they're going to go. But I, I don't I don't care for it. I don't like having to, to go through 15 different things to find different games. I'm I'm one of these guys that you know I've set up a mul- multiple TVs on Saturday and Sunday to watch multiple games. It's just, it's getting tougher and tougher to, to be able to watch now with all this AI stuff and the predictions on Thursday night football and the route running and it's almost like watching a video game. That stuff, if, if that's what the, the game evolves to, I'm, I'm all about that because I, I enjoy watching that uh, that specific channel on on Thursday night. It's pretty much the only reason that I tune in to Thursday night football. But um, I don't like the I don't like where this is headed at all.
0: Yeah, but look, before we let you go, man, uh, tell us where the Lions are going to be next week as you guys continue your Paris journey.
7: Oh, man. Uh, so we have seven games coming up over the next two days uh, in the, uh, the, the LaRose tournament. We start off tonight, um, and they switched our schedule. So the girls are going to play Thibodeau, um, I believe, at 6. Or The boys, play, the boys are going to play PCA at 6, and the girls play at 8. And tomorrow morning, we got to sleep with Raceland, um, Lockport and LaRose to close out at five and six, the girls, boys, and the girls and boys play each other, go to Men and LaRose in to the tournament, which I think is great. Uh, we come back on Monday, we're going to host Montague, and then we go back on Thursday, we host Six Ward in a parish game. So, busy week coming up, it's in the grind of our season, but our players are playing the best Basketball that they played all season. They're bought in. They're having a blast. If you get a chance to go check out Facebook, credit to, to one of my old players, Layla Roof, took a fantastic photo that I've already ordered that I'm going to put put up in my house. But you could see the boys getting pumped up after the win, and then the girls right behind them celebrating just as hard. The culture we're building at Go To is top notch, and I I enjoy it, and, and it's, I'm proud to be a Lion.
0: Good stuff, brother. We thank you so much for the time. Have a great weekend. I'm going to try to get out to both LCO and to the Biddy Games this weekend, but I got a bunch of stuff I'm running around to, so no promises. But I'll try to see you this weekend, partner.
7: Absolutely, Casey. We welcome you wherever we are, man. We'll take care of you.
0: Yep. That is Coach Damien St. Pierre doing an excellent job, as always. Oh boy, he's at seven games. That's a lot of shit. Look, when you were at LCO, you were working with the boys. Could you just time-wise, have handled both teams. Like, that's a lot of work, man. You got to practice the boys, practice the girls, scout for the boys, scout for the girls. Damien's got his plate full. Oh, yeah, he also works at Dan Also yeah, he's also the president of SL Biddy. Like, a lot of stuff on that guy's plate, man. Tough.
1: Yeah, I never thought about it if I would have time for the girls because I never wanted to do it.
0: (laughs) He's doing a good job with both teams. The thing that that gets me, though, and, and I asked him about this once, and I don't know if it was on the air or not, but, like, take last night, for instance. The girls play first, lose a three-point game, a heartbreaker. Me, you, the mailman, we would be Moyade for an hour, sitting in a corner somewhere, like, you know, being furious and frustrated. Ten minutes later, he's got to coach another game, and the score zero-zero again. Like, that, the emotional uh, transition of going from the bottom and then having to get back up again, that's, that's tough. To me, that's tougher than actually coaching the two games.
1: Yeah, it's just like if you're uh, coaching a JV team and uh, your JV team loses, you got to come right back with the varsity game. And it, you may not be the head coach, but if you care about the team and the program, it, I mean, it's yeah, it's tough to do.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. But he does the best that he can, and the Lions are playing some good ball. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll talk about the Alabama coaching search. We've got some things that we're starting to figure out. Uh, per, um, You know, as we... Get a little deeper into the search, and we'll talk about the NFL playoffs as well as the uh, wild card round is here beginning tomorrow. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this.
2: Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7.00 p.m. and Saturdays 9.00 a.m. to 3.00 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. I'm Jim Harper, President of the Louisiana Foreign Bureau Federation. Whether you live in New Orleans or New Roads, Cheneyville, or Lake Charles, agriculture makes a big difference in your daily life. That's why the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation is here to protect our precious food supply chain at the local, state, and national levels. Become a part of our grassroots network. Visit LAFarmBureau.org to join
7: today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture.
3: And a place to be on Mighty broad Day.
2: It's Mardi Gras time, and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and eighteen stall restroom trailers. From everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors, have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985 632 5592 or visit Joe'sSeptic.com. There is no Mardi Gras Mardi Gras
5: No way. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000-square-foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street,
3: What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered, so why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law, and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-398-7414. That's 800-398-7414. DuckFab Incorporated
5: is your first choice for professional HVAC duct system. From project concept, design, drafting, to production and installation, DuckFab prides itself in serving all of your HVAC system needs. From residential, commercial, municipalities, and industrial marine and land-based facilities, DuckFab is there to serve Gulf Coast and River Region with its locations in Houma and Hazelhurst, Mississippi. DuckFab, 352
3: Equity Boulevard, Houma, Louisiana, 985-876-3400, DuckFab.
0: Welcome back to play by play. We've got one more segment to go and we'll be talking about all sorts of things in this segment. Um, the big national news story right now is, is the Alabama coaching search and they're keeping things pretty tight to the vest, but there are some things that are leaking out and are kind of uh, seeping through the cracks a little bit. Two of their choices or two of their, uh, folks that they were considering, um, have now joined Oregon coach Dan Lanning and saying that they are not going to be leaving their schools. Texas's Steve Sarkeesian has posted on social media that he's quote just getting started at Texas and um, which is obviously a sign that he's very unlikely to leave. And then today, Florida State's Mike Norvell, who according to Ross Dellinger, who's really really good at this stuff, um, said was Alabama's top choice. Uh, he has agreed to a long term. 10 million dollar season contract extension with Florida State. So, we know it's not going to be Oregon. We know it's not going to be Texas with Sarkeesian. We know it's not going to be Florida State with Norvell. According to espn.com's Mark Schleybaugh, Alabama's search is now focused on Washington's Kalen DeBoer, who lead the team who led the team uh, to the college football playoffs and then the national championship game which they came up short against Michigan. But then um Mike Scarborough, or Mark Scarborough, Mark, not Scarborough, Mark Schleyball. I'm going to get it right. Mark uh, Schleyball said that Alabama will also interview offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. Um, you told me off the air that you think the longer this goes, that Alabama may have a rabbit in their hat. Um, But if these national reporters are right, and you're choosing between DeBoer and Reese, it better be Devor, DeBoer. That's one <laughs> and two. It's so interesting that several of their targets turned them down and said no. Sarkeesian and Norvell and you know Dan Lanning. and it. They're having a harder time, I think, than what they may be expected that they might in finding a replacement for Nick Saban because I think guys are realizing now with a 12-team playoff, I'm going to be in a situation where my schedule is not going to be as difficult as the SEC. I'm going to be able to make the playoffs regularly, and I don't want to replace the legend in Tuscaloosa. They're having, I think, a little bit of a harder time than what maybe they initially expected that they might.
1: Yeah, and and I I don't know if so much that these uh, coaches are turning Alabama down. You're going to have all kinds of reports out there, but I do think the longer it it, it takes, um, because at first initial reports came out, they knew, the 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 brain trust, so to speak, at Alabama knew that Saban was going to be retiring. So they were in talks with someone. Uh, I don't know if that's the case. Uh, because if that would be the case, I think a coach would have been named already. Um, I, I think right now it's going to be uh, three things. It's either going to be DeBoer, number one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be Kiffin, or it's going to be someone that no one has mentioned mm, okay. a name yet.
0: So you don't think Tommy Reese is a serious candidate? No. No.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Kalen DeBoer is kind of an interesting case. Um, we talked about how when Brian Kelly was hired in Baton Rouge, there was a lot of concern of like, oh, you know, he's a Midwest guy. Is he going to fit in Louisiana? Is he going to be able to recruit the South? Kalen DeBoer is more boring than Brian Kelly is. He's from South Dakota. Um, He coached at Sioux Falls for five seasons. That's a NAIA school. Was incredibly successful. Was 67-3 and there in five seasons. Won three national championships in his five seasons. Um, And won his last 30-plus games at Sioux Falls. But then went and became an assistant coach at higher levels over time, he went to Southern Illinois and was an offensive coordinator. Eastern Michigan was an offensive coordinator. Fresno State, an offensive coordinator. Then Indiana, before getting his first major head coaching job at Fresno State, where he went 3-3 three and three in year one. That was the COVID year. Then 9-3 and three the next year. Then he left and went to Washington, 11-2 and two in year one, 14-1 this past year. So he's got a record of 104-12. and 12. But you, you know this as well as I do. The pressure at Alabama— is far more steep than the pressure at Sioux Falls, Fresno State, and Washington. Can a South Dakota guy, who's maybe not the most charismatic, maybe isn't the best talker, can a South Dakota guy win over recruits in the South? It would be very interesting to see. It would be a unique fit, but apparently it's the guy that's the front runner for them right now. It's
1: like almost you want to have an Alabama guy in there. uh, Saban laid the... The print. He put the plan down how he did it at LSU, uh, went to Alabama, did it at Al- Alabama. I'm kind of thinking back with the Saints when Peyton left, what did the Saints want to do?
0: Keep Sean Peyton's vibe and hire one of his buddies?
1: Didn't work out. Right?
0: Look, I, got, I got okay, do well, one better when it, they hired Joe Brady's buddies. How did that work yeah, out? Yep.
1: Yeah. So is Alabama okay? Uh, we can get an Alabama guy like probably Kiffin or whoever or the offensive coordinator and try to continue like the Saints were trying to do with Peyton to, with Saban or let someone come in, put their own spin on things and see what they can do. I, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, – and I, honestly, I really think the more – the longer it goes, I think Kiffin's going to be – if DeBoer was the guy, what are they waiting for?
0: Yeah. I, I just. Washington won't be able to pay what Alabama can. I mean, uh, some of these other guys, Novell and Sarkeesian and uh, Lanning, they were using this to get raises and, and they did it successfully. Washington can't pay what Alabama
1: can. No, does. no. DeBoer had. Oh, there's one other guy in the mix. Uh, DeBoer had a radio show this morning, did not show up to it. So now they all freaking out. Well, he missed a scheduled radio show. What? was oh, the deal.
0: I'm sure if you go on the internet, they're tracking airplanes and seeing what's flying yeah. where and
1: And and there's one other guy I think that's in the mix that I completely forgot about and I, I should have said it earlier. It's going to make a lot of people around here happy, not Alabama fans. Dabble.
0: Oh, I would love that. Because Oh, I would love that.
1: Yeah, please. Please. Now, Dable, you saw that he has in his contract, a huge buyout, only yeah. for Alabama. Yeah. If it if he leaves, like it might be six million his buyout. But if he goes to Alabama, it's hundred fifty percent more. It's nine thousand nine million.
0: D- Dabo, would... oh my god, I, I, he couldn't coach in the SEC, man. He would get eaten alive. His ideals of, oh, we're gonna build the team on nil nil name, image, and likeness of Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm all for loving God, but you got to be willing to play the game a little bit and it ain't working right now at Clemson.
1: Yeah. I I don't, I I wouldn't want it.
0: He is an Alabama alum and he was a pretty good football player there. Um, but
1: man, but look, look Saban's his whole culture and system where he, he kept winning, bringing in new coordinators almost every year. When you sit back and think about it, that is almost impossible to do. and, it's, I don't know, man. I they, Alabama fans out there, I know they got some around in this area. Uh, coach is not named by this afternoon. Worry time? Yeah, I either worry or it's going to be a big splash.
0: I saw this the other day, and it just speaks to what you were saying on with the, with the coaches. Alabama's 2015 staff, look at this, Nick Saban, the head coach, Lane Kiffin, the offensive coordinator, Kirby Smart, the defensive coordinator, offensive line coach Mario Cristobal, who's now at Miami, wide receivers coach Billy Napier, now at Florida, defensive backs coach Mel Tucker was at Michigan State, had some success, got suspended, Um, graduate assistant Dan Lanning, now at Oregon, was considered by Alabama, defensive line coach Bo Davis, who's now at LSU, is considered the best defensive line coach in the country. Scott Cochran, strength and conditioning coach, now the Georgia special teams coordinator, one of the best in the country. Like, my God, that is the best college coaching staff of all time. And then every year, as you said, he'd have to replace these guys, and I think that that, amongst anything else, has just kind of wore him out.
1: So the board gets – let's see if he gets the job. I think his first thing should meet with every assistant coach and say, okay, what y'all did on Mondays, on Tuesdays – and. Th- we're not changing a darn thing. <laughs> Y'all just keep running it.
0: D- did Okay, Damien said that he thinks that Nick being in the athletic department still is going to maybe be a hindrance. Would you feel pressure if you were a new coach coming in knowing that three doors down is the best coach of all time who's watching from his ivory tower everything you're doing?
1: Oh, man. I think it can work in their favor. I, I, I mean, you're going to – I wouldn't think look over your shoulder because he's not coming back. Yeah. Uh he's there to only help. I mean, so I think it could work out, but I can understand where yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's fourth and two. Uh what's Nick gonna say if we go for this and don't get it? Um just something to think about. Um, you said you had some interesting SEC scheduling stuff you wanted to share? What we got?
1: Yeah. Um uh, the schedules okay, they all came out mm-hmm. and they uh ranked in the as uh, SEC schools. The uh hardest schedules to the easiest schedules.
0: Who's got the hardest schedule?
1: And you tell me who do you think in the SEC has the hardest schedule? And well, you gonna
0: Florida? Yeah. It, it is Florida. Florida. Yeah. I dude, I mean, I'm just thinking, okay, but I know you gotta play Florida State non conference. I think they're playing Miami this year too. You play Georgia every year. Yeah. That...
1: Their their opponents are a hundred and two. And 44. Yes. So for <laughs> that's, Napier, that's trying brutal. to fight for his job, he's coming in with the hardest schedule.
0: I see it here listed. Yeah. They play Miami. They play Texas A&M at Mississippi State, at Tennessee, Georgia neutral side at Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida State. My God, that's that's brutal. That's absolutely brutal. That could be part of the reason why they didn't let go of Napier because they didn't want to have a first-year coach having to go through that. That's, that's brutal. figured
1: figure the second, hardest schedule, Vanderbilt. Pop it Vanderbilt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Get beat up. Then more.
1: it's Oklahoma. Look, then Alabama. i say, the say
0: Alabama's got some tough ones too here. Yeah. I got it pulled up. They got uh at Wisconsin, non-conference. That's a game they should win, but it won't be easy. You're playing Georgia. You're playing at Tennessee, you're playing Missouri, you're playing at LSU, you're playing at Oklahoma, then you got the Iron Bowl. There's not too no. many easy ones there. That's gonna be a brutal schedule for whoever the new coach is. Um Easiest schedule. Let's see. I got the story pulled up, but but tell me while while I'm scrolling through who's got the easiest schedule? Missouri. Damn it. I hate Missouri. I'm never going to accept Missouri as an SEC team, even though they no, had a great season uh, last year. I'm never going to accept them as an their SEC
1: their team. opponents' record was 63 and 81.
0: They play in the non-conference, the Murderers' Row of Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College, and UMass. That's that's nothing. Yeah, and they play Vanderbilt at Texas A&M, home against Auburn at Alabama, home against Oklahoma at South Carolina at Mississippi State and Arkansas. They should have a great year, man. The only games there that I think that they could lose would be Texas A&M, Alabama, and Oklahoma. They should win the rest of those.
1: And Georgia, we talk about, never plays anyone. They got the six Toughest schedule. Let's pull up theirs. Let's see.
0: The Georgia Bulldogs. They are. They play Clemson. neutral site game to start the year. God, that's a Talk about a matchup of I don't know who to root for. Talk about turd versus turd. Georgia and Clemson. Then Tennessee Tech at Kentucky, at Alabama, home against Auburn, home against Mississippi State at Texas, Florida neutral site game at Ole Miss, home against Tennessee. Boy, that ending there, that stretch yeah. is tough. UMass and then Georgia Tech. So, yeah, Georgia's going to have to earn it this year. Uh, they do have some very tough ones on their schedule for once, but for the first time ever.
1: You're fighting Tigers. In the middle probably. Yeah, about 11 yeah. out of
0: 16. Um, LSU. Man, I hate the way LSU schedules. Why are you playing USC and UCLA? Why?
1: And watch out. Why? Kiffin stays. Ole Miss at 13. Their opponents are 81 and 65.
0: That's why I don't think he's leaving, dude. Like McElroy said on SEC Network this morning that Kiffin's not even, like, entertaining this. And he's on social media and he's trolling everybody and putting freeze warning on his – and taking a picture of himself in an airplane and – like he's doing all the clown stuff that Lane Kiffin does. I don't think he's leaving. I think he's going to stay at Ole Miss. Yeah, and I then, genuinely do. I think he's staying at Ole Miss.
1: Then Sark coming into the SEC? They had fourteen.
0: How, how many of, of the easiest? How many of the of the um, final twelve you think next year are going to be SEC? You think three, four, five? Oh, I'm not going to actually list them. I'm no, so I, early, I would. I
1: can see four, four to five, but definitely four
0: hmm that'll be interesting. I, I think the rest of the country has caught up, but if we start putting three and four and five, like the SEC is going to run roughshod through that um, because I think Georgia was the best team in the country this year. All right, yeah, and
1: just think about it. Uh, the bracket may work out. You may have to beat an, two SEC teams.
0: You know what's the craziest part to about this? to be one. And, Coach, I didn't even realize this until like somebody told me. In the expanded playoff, those first-round games are going to be on campuses. Can you imagine how wild a Tiger Stadium home playoff game is? Like that's or anywhere the swamp or you know wherever, that's going to be some crazy. That's a huge advantage. That is yes, huge advantage. and that's their way because everybody was saying, oh, bro, the season's not going to matter anymore. That's their way to make the season matter. You're going to have to earn a good seed and get that home playoff game. So I think it's going to be a very exciting uh, situation. Put you on the spot before we go. we got to wrap up, and we want to thank Chandler and Damian for their time here. Which home team is most likely to win this weekend? Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Buffalo, Detroit, or Tampa?
1: Oh, like Dallas, Houston,
0: Kansas City, Buffalo, Detroit, Tampa, Buffalo. I agree. Which road team is most likely to win this weekend? Green Bay, Cleveland, Miami, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. the Rams or the Eagles? You Cleveland. go to Cleveland. You think Flacco's is going to get the rookie? Yep, they'll beat you. They're
1: rolling right now,
0: dude. I saw the weather conditions just keep getting worse and worse. The wind chill for the Chiefs game tomorrow night is expected to be minus 30. That The Dolphins' offense in minus 30, I don't think is going to work the same way that it usually does. The Bills, Sunday, 20 degrees and snow. Does playing a snow game maybe benefit the Steelers? They're the underdog. The Bills want to spread the field and throw the ball all over like, could weather have an impact? Because I'll tell you right now, my lock of the weekend, I think the Chiefs are going to beat the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are soft. I don't think they'll be able to play in minus 30-degree weather. Um, you think that weather's going to be a big factor in these games? Yeah. Man? Oh, yes.
1: 100%.
0: That's uh, that's so interesting, man, is that you? you play 17 games and then potentially whether or not a cold front yep. passes is what's going to end up determining whether or not you move on. But we do have two games that are forecasted to have just miserable winter weather, and we'll see how those things shake out. But that's all for us today, and that's all for us this week. Tomorrow we've got the Sports Corner live from 10 to maybe 1140-ish because i got to go to Nichols after that. Um, but we will be live with the Sports Corner. And then also uh, tonight, a reminder on KLEB, roughly 7 o'clock, we've got South Lafourche taking on Homa Christian School in a non-district matchup on the road over on Val High. Thanks for listening. It's been Play by Play. We've had a great week of shows. We'll be back on Monday. Love you guys. God bless you. all take care of yourself. Stay warm.
2: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.